The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show is about anger, and everyone has anger, whether they express it in an explosive way or toward themselves or whatever. It's a natural human emotion. But that doesn't mean that we have to let our anger rule us. It's a signal. It's a signal that something must change, or it's a signal that we're unhappy, our needs aren't getting met. But today we are going to be talking with the author of this great book, and the book that I have right in front of me is called The Cow in the Parking Lot, A Zen Approach to Overcoming Anger, and it's by Leonard Sheff. And let me tell you about our wonderful guest. Leonard is a graduate of the University of Arizona and Bolt Hall School at Berkeley. He went to law school there. He's been a trial and transactional attorney in beautiful Tucson, Arizona, where you're from, Lloyd, uh, for more than 50 years. His primary areas of practice have been advising businesses dealing with complex real estate transactions. But in addition, he's been active in litigation involving civil liberties and social justice. He has a gestalt, he has led Gestalt workshops for the Kachina Institute. And he's a former president and life member of the board of directors of the Jewish Federation of Southern Arizona. He was a founder and on the board of Arizona Friends of Tibet, the organization responsible for bringing the Dalai Lama to Tucson. And he has advised many different nonprofit organizations that include Campus Christian Center, the Pima County Sheriff's Aero Squadron, the American Civil Liberties Foundation, and many more. And for over 20 years, he's been a member and legal advisor to the Zen Desert Sangha. And he's taken refuge as a practicing Buddhist. And so he is the primary author of this wonderful book here that we're going to talk about, The Cow in the Parking Lot. And we're going to be, we're just thrilled to have him. And I want to also advise you that you can look at his website at transforminganger.com, which is a great website as well. Leonard, thank you so much for joining us from Tucson. Okay, well, I'm pleased to be here, and thank you for having me on your program. Yes. So um, tell us why you named this the cow in the parking lot. Well, it's a uh, the equivalent of a Zen parable that I made up. Um, you want me to tell you the parable? Yes, of course. Okay, you're at a new shopping center on the edge of town, 
and they're giving away a lot of stuff, and so it's opening day, and half the town is there. And you've been looking for a parking space for 10 minutes. And finally, there it is, the uh, car just ahead of you, the uh, backup lights come on, and you stop, turn on your turn signal, and you're waiting, and the car backs up toward you. And as it does, from the other direction, a uh, Jeep pops into the parking space. And when you honk, the young man driving the Jeep gets out, and smirks at you, and goes running off toward the shopping center. Are you angry? Yes. And the answer for most people is you bet. Mm-hmm. Now we change the facts ever so slightly. Backup lights come on, car pulls back toward you, and from the other direction, uh, a cow uh, wanders in. Uh, this shopping center being on the outskirts of town, it's where he spent every afternoon for who knows how long, and he settles down. And when you honk, he looks up and moves. Are you angry? And, of course, the answer for most people now, they're amused. It'll be a nice story for the cocktail party. <laughs> right. So um, the book attempts to convince you, uh, among other things, that there's no difference between the two, that there's no benefit to being that you get from being angry, and uh, that either case you still have to look for a another parking space, uh, whether it's the cow or the uh, smart young man. Uh, and um, being angry uh, merely makes you feel uncomfortable. Right. Being angry doesn't feel good. Right. And that by the end of the book, we hope that you will have compassion for the young man. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this book really is about your own personal journey. You want to tell us a little bit about that, your own journey? Well, I was a pretty angry guy, and I thought the way that you got your way was being angry. And, uh, you know, I slowly began to dawn on me that it wasn't so. And then I uh, attended the Dalai Lama's teachings here in 1993. And um, he opened with a line that anger is a destructive emotion. And um, the teachings were three and a half days, and because I had done legal work to bring him here, my clients honored me with the front row, middle seat, so I was about 15 feet from the Dalai Lama, and it was sort of a painful experience. Uh, First of all, even though the Dalai Lama is quite fluent in English, he won't teach in English. So he would talk in Tibetan for anywhere from two to five minutes, and then his interpreter would... uh, uh, take over and then translate it in English. So it was very hard to maintain my attention. But the crisis really occurred when I realized he was suggesting that I give up anger. Uh, I thought to myself, he's a very nice man. But he doesn't but, know what he's talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, but if, you know, he thought I was going to give up anger, he's crazy. And that's the way I left three and a half days of teaching. And uh, the very next day I was out driving in the evening and somebody pulled in front of me sort of close and I leaned on the horn and out of the window uh, came his digital sign of disrespect and I was thinking gee maybe I should give him the finger back maybe I should ram him maybe I should scream at him I said wait a minute I just spent three and a half miserable days I ought to try this so I said you know what's making me angry And um, it dawned on me that what I wanted was respect from a total stranger. And I thought that was pretty amusing. 
And then I realized that it was me giving meaning to the uh, digital sign out the window. And without me giving it meaning, it didn't mean anything. And by that time, I was laughing. And I realized that it spent, it felt so much better than I felt 30 seconds before being angry uh, that you could say that I had an addiction to giving up anger at that point. I, I didn't want to be angry anymore. Yeah, I know. In one of the, actually, uh, in your chapter four, you've got this really wonderful quote that says, using anger to solve a problem is like grabbing a red-hot coal to throw at the other person. That was a Tibetan proverb. Exactly. Yes. And so, you know, when you're angry all the time, you don't even realize how it is really affecting your body and your mind and your soul and everything else, that, that if the anger takes over, it literally can give you a heart attack. It can make you very sick. Indeed. I, I see that you've traveled a lot of this uh, same route yourself. Yes. In fact, I have to, you'll get a kick out of this one. Um, I also went through a time of being very, very angry. And, and, you know, after my divorce, and there were a lot of things going on in my life at the time. My parents were dying. You know, all those big issues that affect you that bring up all the anger that, you know, you have no control over. Mm. And um, I created this, and I'll share it with you and, and the audience as well. It's called Hard Loving. It's just, it's an it's an acronym. It's uh, Hard Loving to Turn Hostility into Opportunity. And the first thing you do is you stop, you halt, then you control your anger. In other words, you get, you start to recognize where it is. You identify that reaction. Then you consciously like you do, you know, you change your mind about it. You you change your mind and you say, I am not, I'm going to detach from this. And then you disengage and then you turn it into, okay, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to mirror what you tell me. I'm going to V for voice open into questions. I'm going to imagine solutions. And then I'm going to have non-aggressions. And if I can't do that, I'm going to go away. So that's the hard loving, H-A-R-D loving. But I think, you know, Anger in and of itself is kind of natural, though, isn't it? Really, kind oh, of oh, natural. Yes. It's it's a natural human emotion. Part of the reptilian brain called the amygdala generates uh, anger back from the days when flight or fright uh, was the flight or fight uh, was the way we lived our lives, and uh, it's a huge, strong signal that's sent out once uh, something happens that. Uh, quote, makes you angry. Um, and it overwhelms the newer parts of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, where we reason things out. Right. So until we get past that, um, uh, our IQ has fallen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That emotion really takes over. So, you know, that's that's the part that, you know, if you remember that, okay, anger is okay because it's telling me something's wrong. But then you got to stop and ask, why am I angry? What is it really about? What is my unmet demand is what we say in the book. Yeah, yeah. Or my hurt. You know, what is my what is the hurt that I have that's causing this anger? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's really important to, to note. So, you know, we live in a, in a kind of a crazy world and both you and I have dealt with people who are in conflict. I mean, we're lawyers. That's why people come to us. They're in conflict. So. Would you say that you kind of see the world as an angry place right now? Well, uh, there's an 
awful lot of anger out there. I mean, there's no question about it. And I think most people would say that anger is a growth stock these days. You have super vandals that are willing to kill thousands of people because they're angry about something. And um, it, it is a threatening thing in the world. There are, of course, on the other hand, lots and lots of uh, great people um, that are not angry. But um, uh, ang- anger is a pervasive problem. And yes. uh, that's what led me to uh, first do a seminar and then uh, do the book. I thought maybe I could do something good for the world. Well, it absolutely is great for the world. So let's talk about how this transformation of anger is different from anger management. Well, I've read a number of books on anger management. I'm certainly not an authority, but my perception is that anger management, if you'll excuse the metaphor, is like teaching you to keep a vicious dog on a leash. (laughs) And when when you do that, the dog can still bite you or other people. Um, whereas uh, when you transform anger into compassion, uh, you, you've made it, that dog a tame, friendly pet, um, ultimately. Uh, you don't uh, eliminate uh, the dog, and he can still bite, but he's a, you know, a different creature. And anger management is also generally a complex thing. I, I've seen... Uh, too many uh, descriptions of steps that you ought to take when a certain type of angry event occurs. And they may be like 15 steps long. and You'd have to carry a pocket full of (laughs) three-by-five cards and get them out when the anger event occurs. And um, a lot of anger management deals with delving into why you're an angry person, i.e. psychoanalyzing yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't. Whereas the Zen approach is that we're interested in what's happening at at this moment, Uh, not what happened when you were three years old or five years ago or whatnot. Right. Uh, You might be carrying anger around with you from what happened to you five years ago. But one of the things we suggest is that for homework, you go back and work that out once you've gotten the hang of overcoming the anger and drop that bit of baggage uh, that you've been carrying around. Right. You rather said that being angry is giving someone free rent in your head. Exactly. And And unlike the anger management, um, we give you a little card to carry with you. It says in the last chapter that... Your uh, privilege of carrying concealed anger has been revoked. And <laughs> yeah. uh, in its place, uh, we give you this uh, card, and it has uh, five things on it. Anger is a destructive emotion. The first person damaged by my anger is me. Anger taken when I'm angry is going to be irrational and probably stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I see that. (laughs) I can, if I choose, reduce the amount of anger in my life, and as I reduce anger, I will be happier and more effective. Yeah, and you have a place to cut it out and carry it in your wallet. I love it. I love it. and make copies of it, laminate it, whatever. Give it to friends. I had wanted to put a laminated (laughs) copy in with each copy, but the publisher said that was... uh, too, too much hassle. Oh, I love it. But I just it, I just had a do. client that um, exploded in mediation, and then I afterwards I caucused with him, and I talked with him about it. And, you know, uh, 
and I was trying to say, you know, give him some coaching about how when you do get angry, that's okay. Just recognize it. Stop. Take some breaths. Don't say anything for a while until you get, you know, don't react. Wait and then respond. And I told him, you know, and he said some horrible things in there. And I said to him, you know, when uh, speak when you're angry, and this is a quote, it wasn't my quote, but I love it. Speak when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you ever regret. <laughs> I missed that. Give me that again. Okay. Speak when you're angry and you will make the best speech you ever regret. Huh. So he said, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I feel. So, you know, that's the point. I mean, recognize it. And then I love what you have in here in this little five-step process to cut out and put in your wallet. And one of the things that I think is really powerful that people don't think about is when you say, um, I can, if I choose, reduce the amount of anger in my life, that people can choose how they wish to think about something. It's like your cow in the, in the parking lot. I can choose to look at it. I just had an attorney that I'm an expert on who was just um, unbelievably (laughs) challenging to work with, shall I say. And that's how I choose to look at it as challenging. And then I said to myself, well, um, you know, the the blessing in disguise here is there is some lesson to learn from this person. And this person, to be that angry, must be carrying a lot of pain with him, a lot of pain with him. That's and and so that that is easier for me to deal with than I can stay calm and centered. And I love in your book here, you've got um, right on the inside cover. It's so great. <laughs> it says, don't get mad, get calm. Yeah. When I used to be on a school board, you'll love this, Leonard. You'll probably get a kick out of this one. When I was the youngest one elected to the school board and, and things would happen and they said, don't get mad, get even Right. <laughs> so I yeah. like your play on it much better. Don't get mad, get calm. The German edition picked up what you just quoted as their cover uh, subtitle, um, which is why are, uh, translated freely, why are you always blowing off steam when you can remain calm? Yes, I love it. We, we are, incidentally, licensed in 10 languages. Mm. Now on the book stands in uh, Italy, Holland, I believe Brazil and Portugal, and um, uh, let's see, one other, forget where, but uh, ultimately uh, it will come out in Japanese, which is sort of funny. They sent us in, and now I'm sending it back. (laughs) Right. The, The teacher becomes the student, and the student becomes the teacher. Something like that. <laughs> you know, um, both of us being in the, this profession of having to deal with a lot of conflict, um, I know for me, I just found that be, the litigation form was so nasty that I decided I had to become a mediator to be this healer of conflict. I'm just wondering about you. You know, you, you're a trial lawyer and you've been a trial lawyer. And you said that you felt in, in your book, you said you felt like anger was a helpful tool in winning your cases. So... You know how does that how does that work for you now? Well, I um, I've gotten too old to do a lot of litigation, but in the the past few years when I was doing litigation, I just had a wholly different uh, approach in court. Uh, first of all, I realized that people don't like angry people, and if you're an angry lawyer, they don't like you, and that probably rubs off on your client. 
and I've tried to inject humor uh, into uh, the proceedings. I was vaudeering a jury, uh, selecting the jury, and I asked this one young man, what's your occupation? And he said, well, I'm a carpenter and a part-time minister. And I said, well, that's a, pre- that's a, a combination that's not without precedent. <laughs> And I own the jury after that. Oh, that is I so mean, cute. I could see them following me Yes. around and uh, things like that uh, that I wouldn't have done uh, previously. Right. And, you know, Shakespeare had this great line, never strike a king unless you intend to kill him. Mm-hmm. Well, every, every witness uh, is a king to the jury, and if you're going to brutalize them on cross-examination, you better make sure that you can, uh, in effect, kill them, kill right. their testimony. Yes. And not go halfway. So, Yeah, we're speaking with Leonard Sheff, who is co-author with Susan Edmondson of The Cow in the Parking Lot, which is a Zen approach to overcoming anger. Now, what about people who are not Buddhists? I mean, I, I love to read, you know, the, the Buddhist Bible or what, and, you know, I look at all sorts of different religious things myself. So what about, I, I know a lot of this has to do with Buddhist teaching, but what about people who aren't Buddhist? What, what do you say to them? Well, um, John Tarrant Roshi has described Buddhism as the technology of happiness. And whether you're a Christian or a Hindu or what, or an atheist, you still want to be happy. And uh, so, uh, hopefully, uh, this will make a Christian a better Christian, a Hindu a better Hindu, an atheist a better person, and so on. And um, this is not a religious text, and uh, certainly compatible uh, with the better part of every major religion that I know of. Yes. And... uh, so you read my book and you take what you want back to your religion and uh, find the parts uh, in your religion that maybe you've been overlooking. Right, right. And, All the yeah. good parts of religion really do want to teach peace, right? I mean, that's, uh, well, that's, that's, that's as I perceive it. That Me too, me too. And there are fanatics in every religion that uh, think that the rest of the world is wrong and you need to slay the heretics, uh, but uh, that's not, I think, what religion is really about. At least I hope it's not what it's about. Right. Now, you, you talk about in the book here, um, and I'll say, I'll say it again for people who are just driving by, the cow in the parking lot, a Zen approach to overcoming anger. You, you talk about that anger comes from our expectations being unmet, do you want to talk a little bit about the four types of expectations that we're talking about? Well, there are the types of expectations um, uh, that may, that when you stop and ask, what's my unmet demand, you realize they're just silly. Like that first thing that happened to me, I was expecting uh, to get uh, respect from a total stranger. Um, then the second one is that where. Your demand is reasonable, but uh, not so important. Um, For instance, uh, if somebody's splitting uh, the uh, pastry that they brought in to go with the morning coffee, you expect them to split it equally. Uh, And if they don't and take the bigger part, well, so what? Yeah. It isn't worth getting angry over. 
And then uh, there are the demands uh, that you have that are reasonably important um, and uh, reasonable. And uh, those are the ones where you have to realize the price of being angry and uh, go past them. If somebody drops a brick on your foot, um, it hurts, and maybe you'll be crippled uh, for the rest of your life. But adding anger to it doesn't really help. Uh, it's like uh, Moby Dick. Uh, Captain Ahab spent his life being angry at a whale and ultimately died for it. And the final one is the, uh, the chronic demand on the world, uh, which I think is really a great source of improvement when you realize that you might have a chronic demand on the world, like, why doesn't the world listen to me? I'm so wise. Uh, why doesn't the world do what lead their lives the way I lead? Uh, why can't the world live at peace? And they get angry because people uh, are fighting each other. Yeah, and then people get, you know, I, th I see, at least from my perspective and my experience, people get really angry when they're really hurt. You have a spouse who betrayed you. They end up with a, they've been cheating on you for years. We've just yeah. recently seen in recent months about Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and our governor betraying his wife. It's just been painful for everybody. But we see that a lot. That's pain. And, and people are angry. And it's understandable that they're angry when there's unjust. That is a time that people get angry because it comes out of hurt. But my point is that being angry doesn't add anything for you. No, no, no. It doesn't resolve it. And that, that and, was the, yeah. And it makes you more miserable. I had an interesting experience just in the last couple of years. I lost a case, which, take my word for it, I really shouldn't have lost, and it wasn't my fault. The court just weirded out on me. And I realized that for the first time in my 50 years of practicing law that I lost a case and wasn't angry about it. And, you know, it was not as unpleasant. Yes. And I was more effective in digging my way out. Yes. Um, I, I had a, a funny thing happen. A friend of mine is a retired professor of Oriental Studies at the University of Arizona. And um, he uh, is a great cynic. And I was talking about anger, and he said, uh, anger is very useful. He said, I was walking down the street, and I was a teenager on his bicycle, and he finished a soda and tossed the can in the middle of the street. And I was so angry, I went out and picked it up. Now there, anger did something good. And I said to him, couldn't you have picked it up without being angry? <laughs> yeah. And for one of the few times in his life, he didn't have a ready reply. Yes. And, and that's true. I mean, sometimes anger will motivate you, but you have to get beyond the anger. You have to say, okay, I got angry. I don't need. And I think what you talk about in your book is you can choose not to stay angry. And you can most, choose. You know, to, it's yeah. Amazing. People don't realize that you can choose not to be angry or a lot of people don't realize. You can. Yeah, you can choose your response. But my response now is, would you believe we were out of time? Oh, okay. We could talk forever. You're wonderful. I really enjoy this book. And I uh, want to mention it again to my audience. It's called The Cow in the Parking Lot, A Zen Approach to Overcoming Anger. And why don't you just give your website again? Well, it's going to be a new one very, very shortly, and it will be called thecowintheparkinglot.com.
Well, thank you so much, Leonard, and keep up all the wonderful work, and we really very much thank you and appreciate all the great work that you're doing. It's well, very much you, needed. and I think what you're doing sounds pretty important, too. Well, we're doing it together, right? Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. And please visit our website at conflicthealing.com. And you can see our upcoming guests. You can also download podcasts. And you can write us about what concerns you have about conflict. Thank you so much. It's about trust. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.